0: Salutations! Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a Just Some Guy production, and I'm that guy, your host, Steve the Hopeful Humanist. Today we're going to talk about ideas and flow, the good life and resources for a spiritual toolbox. I have been absent from the sound waves of cyberspace for a period, as I've been pouring my passion, energy, and resources into a personal project. I, am my full-time professional capacity, am a psychotherapist. I work with youth and families and explore and support individuals to find ways to stand up to addiction and manage mental health concerns. And in that role and in that capacity, I have found a need to Engage in this thing called self care. I've had to, I guess you say, find ways to fill up my cup when I'm feeling depleted. And I think that if we're going to help people, whether or not we're in the helping field or we are in the helping field, that we need to take care of ourselves so that we can help take care of other people. In this work that I do, however, I've found that there could be a gap between the discussions about the importance and significance of self-care and the actual practices this idea of lip service versus actually engaging in things that can be nurturing restorative things that can help us with self-care and specifically one of the things that i find that has captured my attention it's something that often is introduced briefly and then we we move beyond that introductory thought. And I think like it's worth kind of sitting in it for a while and reflecting. And so today I'm going to share some thoughts about the things that can get in our way of engaging in self-care. So constraints, barriers, obstacles. There's one thought in particular that I think most of us can relate to that stops us from doing the things that will replenish us. And that's this idea that we often tell ourselves or hear other people tell us, I don't have enough time. So really in terms of this blithering exploration about self-care, I only have really one goal and it's because if that is the case that one doesn't have enough time for self-care maybe all we can do is just notice what's happening inwardly for us when we become aware of these thoughts that we don't have enough time for self-care but there are other barriers so in terms of this fascination about self-care i have engaged in a lot of discussions with other Professionals over the years. And I have become, I guess, uh, somewhat known or recognized as an ambassador of self care. In so many discussions, uh, my daily discussions with anyone I might cross paths with, one of the the questions I often find myself asking people is, you know, what do you do for self care? Because I'm fascinated by it. And then throughout these different conversations, I'm finding that there are, are a number of barriers that stand in the way of us taking care of ourselves. So I just want to explore that. And because of that interest, that passion, I have thought that there could be some benefit for myself and for others if I started to explore uh, this thing called life coaching. And so the energy that I would normally pour into you know, on a a monthly level, different episodes for the Hopeful Humans Cafe, that energy has been directed to uh, creating a self-care life coach business. And that is the resource I would like to showcase today. So it is www.soundcarelifecoaching.com. And I'll explore a little bit more about that resource later first, let's get into this discussion about self-care. I I was working on this uh, idea of creating a presentation, a workshop, a a very brief workshop about self-care. I entitled it uh, 20 Minutes of Self-Care. If we don't have time for self-care, at least we can talk about self-care. Maybe that can still count as something. And and that's a question that I have for myself and for others. You know, if we don't have time for self-care, can it can at least a conversation about self-care count as something and count as an activity in self-care. So, you know, what are other self-care activities that, you know, we can do in 20 minutes? You know, we have to work with what we have. If we look closely, we might not it might not be that we don't have 20 minutes of time for self-care per day, but that of all the things that we want to do, we only have 20 minutes to do one of those valued and treasured things. So it comes down to competing values and competing priorities or competing interests. And I mean, right now, while someone's listening to this discussion on self care, you could be doing something else that, in fact, could be self care. So it's just kind of asking ourselves some questions and noticing. I'd like to start off with a quote from Aristotle it's about anger. And I think it's really important because it will reveal to us the different component parts of an emotion. Uh, And one emotion in particular that we might need to figure out how we're gonna take care of ourselves would be this emotion of anger. So, Aristotle says, or said many, many moons ago, anybody can become angry. That's easy. But to be angry with the right person. And to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way. That is not within everybody's power. That is not easy. So it's hard, but it's not impossible. So this idea, if we think about anger, we can say, when I'm angry, I have angry thoughts. This idea, like that's not fair, I don't deserve this. We have angry feelings, we we can feel like enraged, we can feel frustrated, we can feel annoyed. And we engage in these things called angry behaviors, right? We can clench our fists. We can, you know, I wouldn't encourage it. We can punch the wall. Um, we can, we can swear. Um, or we can do some other more constructive things, like we can talk about our feelings and engage in a discussion. So in terms of today, I you know, there are a number of things we can, Uh, do uh, if we're going to talk about self-care? And and really, the starting point is it's random. It's kind of more more or less organic, you know, in terms of where we stand in this moment. And so so where should we start? You know, there's a lot of entry points. And uh, in terms of exploring the constraints, barriers, and obstacles of self-care, I'd like to start with what I am identifying as the ABCs of self-care what feelings before and after self-care, what thoughts before and after self-care, and what behaviors before and after self-care go with a helpful frame of self-care. And then after we explore that, the ABCs of self-care, we might be able to then talk about some of the uh, barriers and constraints and then see if there's a way of moving forward in terms of next steps. I really want to Introduce a couple of ideas here that maybe you'll walk away with and you'll find them somewhat novel and interesting. Uh, first of all, is this idea of a presenting moment. Uh, some people are like, I, ha- I don't have time for self care. Okay, well, um, what, what if we think about uh, that there could be a time when you find you have this time and space to do something? Uh, what would it look like and what would it feel like if you actually started preparing for that moment in some small ways? I don't have time for self care. Are you ready for it when it arrives? So that's that's a question. Uh, where do we start? Well, I mean, I think we're going to have to define the terms, we're going to explore the uh, ABCs of self-care, we're then going to talk about some obstacles, and then maybe we can think about some small things we might be able to do in the moment in terms of self-care so that we can move towards it even if we don't feel that we have much time for it. So a self-care definition, uh, the World Health Organization's definition of self-care. Several organizations and researchers, uh, World Health, take a health-oriented approach when defining self-care. World Health Organization defines self-care as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health, and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a health care provider. For me, I think that that's a starting point. But there's another definition that I find that I'm more inclined to embrace in terms of capturing what it is that I'm talking about when I talk about self-care. So self-care is anything you do to take care of yourself so that you can stay physically, mentally, and emotionally well. Its benefits are better physical, mental, and emotional health and well-being. Research suggests self-care promotes positive health outcomes such as fostering resilience, living longer, and becoming better equipped to manage stress. Right. So there's these positive outcomes. And I think that there could be some myths about what self-care is. And that could be one of the barriers that stop people from engaging in self-care. So the the ABCs of self-care. What are the ABCs of self-care? Um, I'd like to start uh, with the ABCs. And uh, I think that if we do this, it can address some misunderstandings about what self-care is. So the ABCs are affect. I guess you could think of it as a triangle, affect, behavior, cognitions. Okay. So we we feel things about the outcome of self-care, and we feel some things before we even engage in self-care. Uh, behaviors, uh, the actions involved in self-care, the things we're doing before self-care, and the things that you know we find ourselves doing uh during self-care and the things that we find ourselves doing after self-care and then the cognitions the thoughts about and the outcomes of self-care so the reason why i bring this and i'm obviously talking about something that's in many ways just self-evident but when we're talking about self-care usually we're just talking about the behaviors people are saying you know well self-care is having a hot bath self-care is going for a walk with a friend Self care is uh, sending a gratitude text to someone. Self care is recognizing one's interests and taking steps towards creating an opportunity for us to manifest those interests in our lives. For instance, pickleball. Someone might like pickleball, so you have to go out and get the rackets and you have to find out uh, the uh, times that uh, the courts are available. So, We're we're thinking about the things that we do, but in terms of the ABCs, I'm finding specifically with barriers, there could be feelings and thoughts that we have that get in the way of our self-care. Now, it's interesting because if we can get to a point of actually engaging in self-care, we might find that our thoughts and feelings change. And so once again, my primary goal is just to encourage people to notice. Notice what's happening when we're having this conversation. You know, Notice. Have you noticed that before you do anything in terms of self-care, do you notice something? And when you notice that, what does that lead you to wanting to, to do or move towards? After you've engaged in self-care, what kind of thoughts or feelings are you having? And notice when you're aware of these thoughts and feelings, what direction do you want to move in towards? Uh, when when you're noticing what's going on, so what are some of the barriers to self-care, and you know how can we relate them to the ABCs? I've got I think the three big ones, uh, but as uh, in terms of. Uh, uh, you know, a hopeful humanist tagline. I always invite people to put on their critically reflective lenses and uh, encourage them to ask the question, what else? Right? I don't have a monopoly on the truth. I'm sharing with you some thoughts that I'm having and and they might strike a chord. They might resonate. And if they do, that's wonderful. And and if they don't, uh, you might find yourself moving in a direction with your own thoughts. That could be very uh, self-liberating. So the, in terms of the three big con- barriers, constraints, obstacles to self-care, you know, in terms of what gets in the way of self-care, and uh, just to notice what's happening is the first thought. It's a thought. So in terms of the ABCs, we're talking about C, a cognition about self-care. I don't have enough time. Right? I don't have enough time. And I guess a question I'd like to ask uh, in terms of that thought is what if there's never enough time? What if there will never be enough time? What's the cost? What's the implication of not doing that thing that's going to replenish you, not doing that thing that's going to fill up your cup because you don't have enough time? And it seems like there's always additional things thrown on our plates. And if that's the case, what will be the cost? How how will it play itself out if we never have enough time another thought it's self indulgent right to take care of yourself is self indulgent you know the idea that it's selfish and i think that you know when we have these kind of thoughts it, we don't have to look too far before we find uh, this feeling that that we call guilt right the thought of taking care of myself when there are dishes to do, well, that's uh, that's selfish and irresponsible. Guilt. That's a that's a really tough one in terms of self care. We notice that, and we ask ourselves, like, where did that come from? The thought that we constantly have to be busy and moving and productive, that we have to do instead of be. Where did that thought come from? Uh, the last one. Uh, it's a it's a luxury, right? It's, it's, it's like it's non-essential. It's, you know, there are things to do to be able to, to sit down and do something for yourself and engage in something that might help you and replenish you. It's, uh, it's an extra. My position would be that it's essential. It's not a luxury. There's nothing about it that uh, spills over into this idea and category of luxury. I see it as 100% essential for our well-being both mentally physically and so in terms of the ABCs in terms of these constraints if uh, we have an example it can kind of flesh some things out and you know, I know I'm proceeding in a blithering fashion and uh, I just I like to follow the conversation where it takes me as it's unfolding spontaneously and organically in this moment um, so I, I like to give an example of what self-care is not so that maybe some of these barriers, which are perhaps myths, we can kind of shine a light on them. So what self-care is not an example. So I want you to imagine that you're moving through the house and going through the business of your day. And you look up, you're in your bedroom and you look up and you notice along the upper edge of the ceiling, just where the, the wall meets the ceiling. And uh, on the other side of this wall is the outside of the house. So it's like an outside wall. But on the inside, you notice there's some mold. You notice some mold along the top edge of the wall of your bedroom. You find yourself in that moment feeling stressed. You're worrying about, you know, uh, like, is that damaging the house? Um, Is there something uh, hidden? Is there a a source that's causing this and it's... uh, Except exceptionally uh, bigger than what I'm noticing now, um, is that black mold? And oh, if that if that's black, how long has it been there? How long have I been breathing that? Uh, and you're feeling overwhelmed, and you decided to take a bath. So the question is: Is that self care? You're doing something for yourself. You're in the tub, perhaps relaxing a little bit more than you were when you were actually looking at the mold, you know, it's kind of out of sight and uh, kind of feel yourself relaxing a little bit. So I have an expression. Uh, it was uh, an idea shared. Well, the, the idea I've kind of turned into an expression was shared with me from a mentor, my a previous program director uh, often was talking about this thing in terms of self-care somatic palliation this idea of taking care of the body when we're stressed and it it fits in with the notion of self care somatic palliation Uh, but just taking just taking care of the body in and of itself when we're stressed is not the total picture of the total story of self care so my expression goes as such somatic palliation's best friend is action plan she gets things done and so you know when we're thinking about the bathtub and we're thinking about the mold and taking a bath now if day 1 passes and we look up and we have that experience of worry and frustration uh, that we see this potentially black mold situation and and that that possibly could get worse, and we take a bath one day, and the second day we take a bath, and the third day... We're not doing anything to mitigate the ongoing stress that we're finding ourselves subjected to because the problem's not going away. So the idea of self-care also includes, when we have too many things on our plate, taking action to address some of the things that are on our plate so we can take them off of our plate. So, you know, if you're imagining in terms of self-care and with regard to the situation, it's the bathtub. Sure, having a bath and getting an action plan, sitting, thinking, identifying what next steps would be, and then getting out the toolbox and doing whatever needs to be done to take care of the mold so that the mold is no longer a problem. So that, for me, is what we're talking about when we're talking about self-care. In an instance like that, it's not just going to a spa and spending lots of money uh, because that money actually might be needed for a contractor to come in and to remedy the situation for us if it requires some expertise, right? In terms of self-care, it, I think it would be unfair for me to suggest to someone else that if they're, they're one of their biggest barriers to self-care is this idea that they don't have enough time. And then I say to them, well, you know what? Maybe the... The problem is that you don't, it's not that you don't have enough time, it's that you're, you're not managing your time effectively. It's uh, that your priorities aren't straight. Uh, it's too easy to be someone on the outside looking in. Uh, we can provide an objective perspective and we can provide options for consideration, but to actually be in the shoes of someone else, I think it would be rather unkind to just come in with a bunch of judgments about what the other person's doing wrong. I think it's fair to bring up questions and to ask if, you know, our thinking is sound and it holds. But, you know, there could be points in one's life where all the thinking, all the strategizing doesn't change the fact that there could be a case where what the person is saying actually might be the reality for the moment that in fact the person does not have a lot of time for self-care. And that's what I'm fascinated about. If that's the case, that a person does not have time for self-care, or there are some other constraints, it could be the ideas that we hold, the unhelpful ideas, possibly that it's a luxury when I think it's not, I think it's essential, or that it's an indulgence and it's uh, selfish. And in my response, to that would be, is we need to reframe what self-care is. Maybe we even need to reframe what we're talking about, the language that we use. And instead of talking about self-care, maybe what we need to talk about is interbeing wellness. And that if there is going to be a harmony between me and and other people that I have relationships uh, relationships with, maybe the uh, important thing is for us to create scaffolding for one another so that when you take care of yourself, it's good for you. And because it's replenishing for you, it's good for me. And that when I take care of myself, it's good for me. And it's also good for you. It's synerg- there, There's a synergy there. And that scaffolding will allow us to not only engage in self-care for ourselves, but support the self-care efforts of others. Okay? So if self-care... Is something that is very difficult for us to do uh, what what are some things that it would least be a first step and so we get back to my original invitation of just noticing when you notice the thoughts that you might have before you engage in self-care that stop you from self-care if you notice those feelings perhaps it's guilt if you just notice and you kind of move those thoughts a little bit away from your mind's eye kind of create a little bit of distance what do you notice you feel inclined to do and move towards and maybe that's a first step there are a couple of other little things we might be able to do and and i i think that uh, the, the idea of interbeing wellness, that when I take care of me, I'm taking care of you. Um, one way that we can actualize that reality for ourselves would be to send a gratitude text for someone to someone. Right? Sharing a thought of appreciation, I think its uh, benefits are twofold. It makes the other person feel good, and it makes us feel good. And it also helps us become aware of the the plentitude of things that we have in our lives when we're struggling with the things that we don't have in our lives. It's kind of like attention being brought to bear on those things that we often take for granted. And then the last thing I would offer as a thought would be preparing for something that I refer to as a presenting moment. You or I may, in fact, not have a lot of time for self-care right now. But there might be, a time when we do. And the question will be, are you ready? And for me, one of the the greatest joys I experience, and I think it is something that really is available for others as long as you're finding something that's interesting, is uh, picking up a book and reading. Finding a nice quiet space, whether it's inside and snuggled. Uh, up in a blanket on a a couch on a winter day or outside on a sunny day, finding a wonderful place, space to sit and read something that's nourishing and uplifting. And I'm not going to share much more than that because I actually want us just to sit in this idea that what if we don't have enough time for self-care? And in terms of some additional thoughts or questions that would go with that, You know, notice how you feel or some of the inclinations you might find welling up within you when you ask yourself, well, what if I never have enough time? And just notice. I don't want to move too quickly away from this idea about constraints because I think it could be an extremely big barrier for many of us to engage in self-care. I think we just have to sit in it for a little bit. Now, this passion for self-care has routed, rerouted uh, some of my uh, energy uh, from making podcasts to initiating this uh, personal project and uh, setting up a life coach business, a virtual uh, business online and uh, via phone, remote services with uh, Soundcare Life Coaching. And I've put together a web page, and I'd like to offer that humbly as a resource for people to kind of look at. So please check out the link to www.soundcarelifecoaching.com. Explore the resources. Uh, I have access to all my various podcasts uh, from the Hopeful Humans Cafe. There's a link there that you can access it. There's an information page about me, uh, my experience, and what I would bring to the table if someone was interested in working with a self-care life coach. Also, a positive living uh, focus is something that I embrace. Positive living for me is positive psychotherapy or positive psychology that is being kind of um, translated uh, for my interests uh, as a life coach through like a life coach lens and so we find that there's positive psych- positive psychology pi- positive psychotherapy positive psychiatry and so now i'm trying to introduce this lens of a uh, positive living the idea of doing those things that will increase levels of happiness uh, and one of the big ones in terms of research would be um, gratitude Additionally, if you go in there, there are going to be uh, in my online resources toolkit. There are a number of different links uh, for free resources that you can check out and, and different resources that I've talked throughout the uh, previous podcasts that I put together. So I'm going to enjoy another quick sip of my taster's choice decaf coffee. I encourage you to enjoy a soothing sip of whatever beverage you have with you right now invite you to think about what you might be able to do today to engage in some self-care and if you don't have time for self-care at least just notice you know do that body scan and have a sense of what's happening inwardly and become aware of mindful of any kind of inner inclinations to move towards something or away from something. So thank you for joining me for another tip of the iceberg conversation. This time we're talking about self-care. And I guess because I've decided to move in the direction of uh, creating a virtual online life coaching business, at some point, I guess I'm going to have to talk about life coaching because that's a whole other big discussion, isn't it? Um, I'm sure that uh, many people will have some curiosities, uh, but more uh, might have some kind of doubts. And uh, you know, it might be something to talk about. So peace, take care, be well, and share.